Datadog is a SaaS cloud monitoring and security platform that enables full-stack observability for modern infrastructure and applications at any scale, providing teams dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, infrastructure monitoring, UX monitoring, security monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform, plus 450-plus out-of-the-box integrations with technologies including cloud providers, databases, and web servers. Aggregate all your data into one platform for seamless correlation, enabling teams to troubleshoot and collaborate together in one place, preventing downtime and enhancing performance and reliability. Get started with a free 14-day trial by visiting datadog.com slash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it is Aaron for what will probably be our last interview show of the year. It is hard to believe another year has come and gone. Uh, Simply amazing. But just wanted to say very quickly, thank you, everyone out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. And coming up right after the break, we're going to be talking about SaaS analytics and a little bit of a different spin on this one as well. A little bit of um, talking about it, building it into uh, existing SaaS applications. And also, what do you do around security and compliance and items like that? So with that, we're going to jump right into that right after the break. Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. And we're back. Aaron, how are you today, man? I'm doing good, doing good. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with sort of a, a throwback for folks who have listened for a while. They'll remember this. For folks that are new, this is all going to seem new to them. Uh, guess what I had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> Other than your Diet Coke, what else? No, I, I uh, we for for whatever reason, uh, something happened over the weekend. Uh, wife went. Uh, there was a box of Krispy Kreme donuts that were sitting on the counter. <laughs> I think first one I've had in about four or five years, and it got me thinking: Should we? Uh, you and I haven't done it in a while. You've obviously gone much longer, uh, much longer and more strenuous. Do we bring back the, the Krispy Kreme run uh, back in this in this February? I I think it's time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, anyway, I, just throwing it, it out time. there. So everyone out there, let us know, is it time to go do the donut run again? Yeah. So that has absolutely nothing to do with today's topic, but it uh, it, <laughs> it popped up. So I thought we I, I would mention it to you. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about, so you you obviously uh, are involved with with a lot of things as far as uh, your day job. Uh, you, you talk to customers, you're doing product launches, you're engaged with all sorts of ways of, of measuring your business and so forth. Um, lots of things with SaaS, as you and I have talked about before. What's the what's the one thing that you're always wishing you had uh, in in terms of all of these things? Oh, more data and yeah. and better insights into that data. It's always a problem. 
Yeah. So as we were thinking about this, you know, you and I talk about various topics that we should dig into. And that was one that was sort of at the top of our list. And today we are very, very fortunate that we're going to get a chance to really dig into not only how that happens, but uh, what are some of the good ways to to bring more analytics, more data, more dashboards to, uh, you know, to those environments that you're digging into. So why don't you uh, introduce our guest and we'll jump into the show. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're we're joined by Carl Callens from Luzmo, CEO and founder of Luzmo, actually. And so, Carol, tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to create Luzmo. Um, yeah, so uh, I actually have a, uh, around 15 to 20 years background in, in business intelligence. Back in the days, we, we used to call it still big data. Uh, but it actually it was always about um, making decisions based on data, based on information that you got. Um, in, in the early days, it was, it was solely possible for uh, for the big companies, for large corporates. Um, but when I was working for these large corporates, actually in, in, in IT consulting, and more and more medium-sized companies uh, came up to me and said, hey, Carl, what you're doing with these uh, large companies, um, is there a way that we could do it as well? We're, we're generating quite some data. We're storing it in a good way. How to unlock the possibility of that data, how to help our customers make the right decisions. Um, and uh, w- when I was looking at what was available at the, at the time, nothing existed. Uh, and so the first time you hear it, it's like, hey, you know something about computers. Can you fix my printer? But after hearing it for the 20th or 30th time, you start thinking, hey, there might be uh, something in that market. It's a market that is underserved. Uh, and it led to the creation of Lozmo, um, which... Uh, at the time, it was still called Cumul.io, uh, uh, but we rebranded to uh, to Lusmo, um, and we started focusing really on data-driven decision-making. So n- not just solely on data visualization and dashboards, but really unlocking that power of, uh, of data-informed decisions, um, of uh, how can you make de- better decisions based on the, on the data you have uh, at hand. Right now, we're doing this for... SaaS companies um, mostly, uh, where we're uh, providing them a building block for unlocking that data to their end customers. So really providing customer-facing uh, insights. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. In in, in past lives, um, we've uh, we've we've always had to employ, uh, you know, sort of kind of integration engineers slash you know data scientist or analyst or someone to to build us a bunch of dashboards because we'd have a whole bunch of different tools. You, you guys are essentially like, uh, you sort of, I don't know, it feels like you've kind of created this idea of like Stripe where you can just embed, you know, in their case payments, but but dashboards. Help us understand the relationship that, that you typically will have with, with a SaaS provider um, in terms of you know, they they come to you and they say, "Hey, we've we've built out this experience. Uh, we we do a certain function for customers. They love that, but they're asking for more insights into things, more more data, more dashboards, more analytics. How does that how does that process tend to work um, in terms of you know them coming to you and saying this is kind of what our customers are asking us for? So uh, it, it's it's actually really really similar to what Stripe does for payments. So in in terms of um, Using us, uh, you have a, a small si- a snippet of code that you embed, um, which brings in the information um, that they can provide to their end customers. Of course, everything in a very secured way. Um, what you tend to see is that they already built something out or they have uh, 
uh, a CSV at hand or an export uh, that they uh, that they can give to, or uh, sometimes uh, a third-party tool where they send their end customers to. Uh, but at a certain point in time, uh, it just starts to be um, a mess. Uh, it just starts to be so much work to keep everything running because it's a lot of uh, engineering, a lot of coding, a lot of technical work um, that often uh, even keeps the engineers from focusing on their core features. And so that's why we built uh, a building block for embedded customer-facing analytics, which helps them save time. Uh, because here it's a, it's a low-code tool. Uh, you embed it in a, in a secure way, and it actually allows the, uh, the people that interact the most with uh, the customers to build these dashboards. Uh, because what you often see in, in SaaS companies is uh, they get a request of their um, of their customer. Uh, hey, we want some insight uh, in what we're doing on X Y Z. And then you have a product manager reflecting on uh, uh, on the solution. They go to the engineer. The engineer starts building it. Um, uh, they show it to the customer. And then typically, what happens is, hey, I like this, but uh, can you only uh, can you also provide me information on on this or on that? And so. Every type of info often uh, leads to value. Uh, and uh, if they see value, they start uh, asking the next question and the next question. And then at a certain point in time, it can uh, it can be so daunting, especially in an engineering way to follow up. Um, and that's the reason why we, why we build our building block, because it allows um, the product managers, it allows the account managers, it allows the CSMs to build the dashboard specifically uh, for uh, their customers, and in some cases, it even allows the the, the power users on the customer's end uh, to create their own dashboard. Uh, because what we often see is they um, they flesh out the first template dashboards, which they provide to all their customers. And when customer A logs in, of course, they only see their data. Customer B, etc. Uh, but often you see customer A is satisfied with what they see, uh, but. Uh, Another customer that is further along the route of using um, their tool uh, suddenly start asking for more and more and more up until a point that they say, hey, um, in our platform, uh, we have uh, this environment, this analytical environment where you can uh, build your own dashboards based on the data that we have. And so we're acting as that building block, always white labeled. Uh, so our end customers, the SaaS companies, um, they have... Uh, that analytical tool built inside with their branding, their styling, um, and can provide the information needed uh, for their end customers to make better decisions. Um, and they often go one step further than you would typically see when creating a first dashboard, and that's the link to making it actionable uh, because it's one thing to gather information, another thing to visualize it, uh, but what are you doing with the uh, with the insights that end customers get from it? And Ideally, uh, you have them interacting with the dashboard and having actions from that dashboard in the platform and vice versa. Um, and so that's what we do for our bread and butter. Yeah. And, and Carl, so it's really fascinating because it reminds me uh, as well, like just in general, in the observability space, there, as you mentioned, there's like two phases. One is actually recognizing the trend or the issue or what the insight you're trying to provide. And then two, how do you go ahead and make that actionable? Uh, and so I really like that analogy of like all the folks that have been out there in the observability space, it's always insights into the data and the, and what we're trying to expose there. But 
The flip side of that that I always think about when it comes to this, especially in a white label situation, is how is security handled? How is access to the data handled to make sure um, the data isn't exposed in a way that it shouldn't be? Yeah, uh, every SaaS tool dealing with data um, has to uh, take this very seriously, of course. Um, there, there's a there's a lot of things at play, uh, going from security and encryption uh, in transit, but also in storage. But what we typically see is that um, our customers are already pretty savvy in um, in that. I think re- regulation helped a lot in putting um, uh, quite some stress on making sure that best practices are applied. That there's uh, that there's focus on on these things. Um, what we often see is they they connect their uh, their database uh, or their API uh, to our services, um, but with role-based access. Uh, so only uh, very select uh, uh, people can can control the uh, the account, can add data sets uh, that they can use. And then, of course, they expose it to their end customers, but again, in a role-based uh, or feature-based or any metadata-based uh, security, uh, security way. So what they actually do... Um, because we provide customer-facing analytics in a multi-tenant way, is that um, for every customer that logs in, uh, a secure token is created. And that uh, token contains the metadata information on how um, the the data that is offered to them is filtered. Uh, So let's say that um, they have... uh, uh, they're in a they're a marketing technology player providing a campaign solution for their end customers. And on one hand, you have Coca Cola, and on the other hand, you have uh, the PepsiCo um, brand manager or campaign manager. Whenever um, the Coca Cola manager uh, logs in, uh, they provide a secure token that mentions, "Hey, uh, this is uh, the campaign manager uh, in the U.S. Uh, working for." Um, the, for Coke Zero, for example, um, which makes that all the data will be filtered purely on the product of Coke Zero, only for the region of the U.S. Uh, for that specific uh, person. So they can tailor the security and the access that people have to data uh, specifically um, uh, in, in our tooling while using their own security systems. Uh, it's a bit like... Actually, the analogy with uh, with Stripe is perfect. Why? Because we're using uh, the authentication and the control mechanisms at play, so they don't have to transfer all that data to us, but we use it immediately with the same controls. Um, The reason for that is if you would duplicate it, well, you need to maintain it twice, and then errors can happen. So that's in terms of of role-based access, of course. There's there's a lot of things at play, like uh, like I said, in in terms of... uh, um, Securing the data, sometimes also uh, anonymizing it, uh, only showing the aggregate data. Uh, it really depends on the use case of uh, of the SaaS tool um, at play um, and and how they uh, they expose that data to their uh, to their end customers. Yeah, what um, you mentioned use cases. What uh, what are some of the most common types of use cases that that the SaaS providers are asking you to uh, you know to to create uh, dashboards <laughs> and visualizations for? Um, well, well, actually, so they they create the dashboards and the visualizations in, in in our tool. We we don't create it for them, but um, uh, the the typical use cases that they have range from, and it's it's often in in uh, in steps. Uh, the first thing is okay. The 
uh, a dashboard with the most important key metrics for the uh, the end customer to see how they're doing as a business uh, inside uh, the platform of our customer. Uh, second one is, okay, what are the supporting metrics? Um, and typically they go from step to step to a point where the end customer can, uh, can analyze their own data um, and also uh, to a point where they start providing proactive insights. Um, where depending on who logs in, they look at the context of that user, they look at the, the specific point in time, and using their business domain knowledge, they actually generate dashboards or insights on the fly for that customer uh, and say, hey, you should look at this uh, to optimize. Um, so it goes from very simple insights to very complex uh, and to very proactive and sometimes even prescriptive insights, uh, you really should uh, tackle this uh, because uh, some things are, are are not moving in the right direction. And so I also maybe think there's a balance there of, I, I can see a situation in which you're exposing data, but then for some customers, it can almost be too much data or might be overwhelming. And so what is that balance that um, either the SaaS providers or the customers, how do you manage that, I guess, of like not getting overwhelmed, but at the same time exposing something that you can get to a proactive insight and get to, you know, some kind of actionable insight from there? Well, there, I think the best way to address it is um, in tooling, you often already see differences in, in, for example, user interface, depending on who logs in. Uh, take the example of, of, of a typical SaaS company where on CEO level, uh, you, you might just want to show the aggregate data, the aggregate um, KRs. But then uh, if you go to the campaign manager, uh, going back to the case of the marketing technology uh, player, uh, they will want to see performance of the campaigns. And then you have the, uh, perform uh, the performance marketeer in that uh, campaign. And, and that person will want to see even more and more detailed uh, data and, and go beyond it. So I think personalization is key. Um, depending on who logs in, um, a SaaS company should look at what do I want to provide them for information and always allow them the opportunity to dig deeper, of course, and, and, and to, uh, uh, to explore and slice and dice and work with the information. But um, by using personalization, um, they can uh, adapt the, the experience that... Uh, that, uh, that their end user will have up to the point where um, it's in tune with their expertise, but also in tune to uh, what they uh, what their role is and what they should be looking at. And Carl, yeah. let me ask a quick follow-up to that. How does that um, uh, fit in with, say, GDPR or the California Privacy Act? Or you know, We're seeing increasingly um, ramifications and guidelines around customer privacy. Um, how does that fit in in this model? Um, uh, well, it, it it fits in in in, in numerous ways. I, I I think regulation on one thing, like I mentioned, is uh, it's important because it puts stress on protecting personal information on on privacy. Because the more that um, that you want to uh, answer questions, often it leads to hey, I just want more data. Um, and the more data that you get, uh, that you get, often you come to a point where you're collecting personal information, where there's sensitive information. And if you don't treat that information in the right way, well, um, it, it, it could harm not only your customers, but it can harm uh, your business. Um, 
And that's where uh, regulation comes into play in, in putting the right focus, but also into helping in, in some best practices. I think in, in SaaS companies, especially the, the last couple of years, there, there has been huge improvements in, in, in how we treat uh, personal information and sensitive information. Um, but at the same time, there has been a huge push as well into just using more and more data and just looking at uh, uh, what's next. Um, you actually see it today where uh, all of the companies that, uh, that that put a lot of effort in CCPA or GDPR, uh, suddenly uh, uh, the employees in uh, in these businesses uh, start using all the, uh, the new AI models in there, uh, but don't take into account whether... Uh, the question that they're asking um, is putting out sensitive information in a model that might be trained and might expose that data. Um, and so I think it's always important to to have very good training within your company on how to treat sensitive information, having role-based access in there as well, but also making sure that you comply to regulation because often complying to regulation uh, means that you all already have put in place uh, some good best practices. But I do think that SaaS companies should be even further ahead because often regulation uh, only follows technology. Uh, and so uh, ideally, uh, you're, you're always up to speed, especially uh, working in data and working with customer uh, information. Yeah, I want to. I want to ask you one last question. I, we, we probably could, could go through a whole bunch of a, tons of different scenarios, but I want to ask you one last question. Um, you know, oftentimes I'll find that certain teams will have, you know, they have their domain. So it could be marketing, it could be, uh, you know, sales analytics, it could be, you know, somebody looking at operations, they have their tools, they have their view of the world. Uh, and then you'll start having these, these cross-functional teams where, you know, for example, the CFO wants to understand, you know, how does marketing spend relate to sales, uh, you know, meeting quotas or, you know, actions and so forth. Are you, are you also finding that, that you're being asked to be in the middle of these kind of cross uh, SaaS, you know, sets of data where somebody says, well, you know, I want to look at what's happening here in some, I don't know, maybe Salesforce type of tool, but also a Marketo type of tool or something. It, is that a domain that, that you guys tend to get into or do you stay mostly focused on, uh, you know, th- this domain, this set of problems that somebody's trying to solve? It, do, do you see sort of a lot of kind of cross pollination where people are trying to, you know, compare data in multiple, you know, sort of dimensions? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that uh, it's also an area where there's a huge amount of, of value to uncover. Uh, uh, and it, it often lies into combining uh, data from multiple sources. Um, and sometimes it's easy to combine uh, because, uh, uh, let's say, there's a there's a clear uh, customer identity that, that you can use to, uh, to combine and to... Uh, uh, get more uh, valuable information around it. Sometimes it's it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult, but then it can still make sense to show them next to uh, next to each other. And so a huge amount of our customers are using uh, more than three to four sources uh, to uh, uh, to give their customers the uh, the information that uh, that they want and they need. And and then they're really combining across sources. Uh, we we purposely built our. Uh, our query engine to be able to tackle more than one source within one dashboard as well. So it means that you can combine uh, Salesforce information uh, with uh, uh, a local categorization that you did with your own API on usage, for example. Um, and and often that uncovers uh, 
huge amounts of value for uh, for the end customers. Fantastic. Good. Aaron, I'll tell you what, um, you know, you and I, like I mentioned, we, we kind of keep this running list of, of topics that we want to dive into. I think we scratched the surface here. Um, you know, as, as we've mentioned, uh, there's always there's always going to be a whole ton of things that uh, people are going to have follow up questions on. We will uh, we were talking to Carl before the show. We'll put a number of things in the show notes as far as, you know, some of the, the ways that they've been helping SaaS companies out there do this. I know we have a number of people who are uh, both SaaS, you know, operate SaaS environments, but also, you know, use SaaS tools. So this may be open up a, an opportunity for them to, to find new ways to get that data or those, those dashboards and that insight they've been looking for. So we'll put some things in the show notes as well. Um, Aaron, you want to, you want to wrap us up and, and take us home? Yes, absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening this week. And of course, if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, uh, please, if possible, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review as well. And of course, we always welcome feedback if you're um, on this topic or any other topic, or if there's a topic out there we're not covering, let us know. We would certainly love to hear from you. And so for that, on behalf of Brian and myself, I'm going to close us out for this week, and we will talk to everyone next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 